Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Front Row Negative, <coughs> the podcast, and I just talked in the middle of that. Damn it. All right. So, thank you for joining us for this next episode. Uh, things will be a little different this time around. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron, and normally that would be followed with a funny name and my co-host, Chris, uh, introducing himself. Unfortunately, Chris can't be here tonight. He is at home taking care of his new family and his new addition to that family. So congrats to Chris and Nicole and baby Sydney that they're all healthy, all doing good. And Chris is being a family man at home. So we'll give him that respect. And he allowed me to do this show without him or the next, maybe the next few shows without him, because he's going to take care of that. That's going to be his focal point. You know, he's, he's, he's taking the Gargano way out. He's doing that. So, but I need a host. I need a co-host. I need somebody that I can rely on to come in and try to fill those big shoes he has that usually reek of the taco shells from the floors of ponchos. And we couldn't find that person, but we found somebody else that's pretty damn funny. Former guest. We've had him on before. You could say that he is the Lord of the Grits. He's the emperor from the east. He's joining us once again. Rito, how you doing? What is going on? Although this is usually followed with that fat bitch, it's <laughs> that grit bitch. So, <laughs> that grit bitch. And uh, that's that's a story for another day. Hopefully, if we ever get a Patreon or anything going on, I'll go into more detail. Until then, you guys will just have to constantly guess and contemplate because... That was about 15 minutes of pure laughter, hysteria, uh, and I got about 15 years of PTSD waiting for me from it. So thanks to my therapist, he gets it, and I'm here. <laughs> it's the Thanksgiving edition. First off, let me lead this off by saying congratulations to Chris and his family. Um, I was blown away because like, I kind of figured it out before it happened, and I was just like, oh, my God. So it was like it was like a secret I couldn't release. It was just like, it was like the Snyder cut before the Snyder cut, but way better. It was the Sydney cut. It was the Sydney cut, but I'm, it, I'm so happy. The dude, the dude is the happiest. He like just seeing the post, <laughs> seeing them. Like I, I can't wait to see the new balance or me and the family at poncho posts. Well, well, I don't think that's going to happen because that ponchos, I think is closed down. So it'll be me and the family sitting outside. What used to be the ponchos. <laughs> back <Pictures>. in, my... <laughs> back can... in my day, ponchos was here. I used to walk two miles this way and two miles that way to eat ponchos. So, so normally, you know, I, I would raise the flag and congratulations to him, but apparently everybody stole the flags out of that ponchos before they closed up shop. <laughs> so you can't even do that. So Chris, hope you enjoy this. Uh, you know, congrats again and uh, enjoy that baby because we know that we've seen all the pictures that you've posted online uh, showing her off and that, luscious red hair that that baby has had he's got a ginger baby it's gonna be great (laughs) poncho poppy now we that's poncho poppy he's he's the dad i'm your poncho poppy we gotta get that shirt made i'm gonna get like the little mascot like caricature and have him like holding a baby but it's really just a burrito (laughs) oh man it's good to start on a good note man but it, it is it is good to start on a good note and all the Congrats to Chris and, and his family, Nicole. Um, but at the same time, within the last two weeks, uh, if you're a kid of the late 80s, if you're a kid of the 90s, 
you were hit twice in the hearts. I mean, you were hit pretty hard twice. And if you were a fan of the Fox Afternoon or the Fox Saturday Morning Block, any of those things, you pretty much know what, like, where, I'm, where I'm getting at. Uh, well, when you consider the voice of Batman, uh, Kevin Conroy passed. Uh, he, he didn't survive his battle with cancer. And unfortunately, you know, we, we lost him. We lost Batman. And with him, he is, when people talk about their favorite Batmans, he's always in the top three. People will say, you know, Michael Keaton or they'll say Christian Bale. But uh, Kevin Conroy is always in their top three, no matter what. He is there. He is a generation's Batman. So uh, he he is that kind of a, a mainstay. Uh, I remember watching Batman the Animated Series after school, uh, Monday through Friday. And uh, it was always fun. I was never a big Batman fan, but I love but I did love that show. It was a lot of fun. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it, it was tough because, so the way I was introduced to that side of Batman, I, I think it came out like 94, 95. So I was about three or four years old. Uh, I was actually introduced through reruns through um, the Cartoon Network, which um, at the time, you know, back east, we didn't have Cartoon Network. It was always like West Coast, down south, or you had really? to have, yeah, or you had to have like, uh turner broadcasting so they used to do i think they were owned by turner or they still are yeah. and somehow in that amalgamation of everything it was just all you know in-house so like a lot of the stuff like you know there was no wcw up here until like the later 90s or like towards the tail end so yeah 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 so anyways um i always saw the ads with batman standing on top of the cartoon network logo saying i'm batman and i was just like what is this this is incredible <laughs> And yeah. then uh, I actually had Mask of Phantasm on VHS that like I rented from Hollywood Video as a kid, and I freaking love that movie. I had I had my uh, so I rented Mask of Phantasm from local blockbuster, and we lost the tape. And I'm using you know quotations on the word "lost" the tape uh, because we just didn't want to take it back in. So then, whenever Blockbuster tried to hit us up with, I think it was like a sixty dollar fee. To replace the tape because back then tapes were uh, if they weren't mass produced you know for a public sale you had to buy the rental which was you know was between 60 to 80 dollars so then when we got hit with that bill we're like oh look we found the tape uh we, we found it yeah it was you know lost so uh but yeah we had to return it well but, yeah, great movie you know what's funny so this is a little scumbag <laughs> trick I so when I was younger, I had a, we'll say a friend, you know, for mm -hmm. now, I knew a friend and what we would do is when we'd rent movies from Blockbuster. So I was about seven or eight. So I have very vivid memory. Yeah. Um, what we used to do, cause we had like the, where you could record and basically like copy a tape. Yes. Okay. So we would keep the original copy mm -hmm. the tape and then just take the sticker off of the Blockbuster rental and just, <laughs> and we'd record wow. And we would record about like, yeah, I want to say like 30 to 35 minutes because it's like, well, they rewound it. Let me see if it plays. So I'm sure there's probably like a mass like pile of those VHSs somewhere that's like, oh, Mask of Phantasm. And then like midway through, it's just blank. Uh, well, you, you, you caused a riot up there uh, <laughs> by doing that. I mean, you, you pulled the you pulled a fight club before it was a fight club. Oh, dude, it's 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 the funniest thing in the world because I I know there was some kid that was excited and his mom and dad are just like we're gonna go upstairs have some fun, 
they put it in the mask of phantasm and then it's like scent of a woman at the half end <laughs> that's that's wow so uh i've i've never actually met kevin conroy I, i've been to a lot of conventions i used to work for a few of them um never met him i did i did attend one convention that he was at and i remember his line was massive long line and this was like during the era of like the early to no like the early 2010s the early 2010s so comic-con was just starting to get its like real yeah like it was really starting to become like a really pop culture phenomenon and i want to say that i'm trying to think of who else was there like like who else was like the big names that were there i i think uh, Jason Mewes was there. I think, if I remember correctly, Jim Jim Lee was there. This is when Jim Lee was still doing conventions outside of New York and outside of San Diego. And I think Dolph Lundgren was there, too. This is when Dolph Lundgren started doing conventions. And Conroy, Conroy's line was bigger than Dolph Lundgren's. That's, you know what, that's, that's, that, that's that appeal because it's like... Um... I mean, Dolph Lundgren, He-Man. The Punisher, various directed DVD or directed VHS tape action movies, directed blockbuster action movies. But He Man is probably his ultimate, you know, nerd goal. Conroy's line was bigger than Dolph Lundgren's. That's how much of a power he had. And I will say, his line was bigger than Dolph Lundgren's, but his line wasn't bigger than somebody else. And I'll get to that person in a little bit. So, but that's, that's the closest I got to Kevin Conroy. I could just see him way out over there and just sit, sitting there signing autographs, boom, laughing, talking to people, shaking their hands, high five and all that cool stuff. So that's as close as I've ever gotten to meet him. Was that? Yeah, no, he, he, he was a phenomenal, like he set the gold standard to the voice because, you know, in the same vein as Mark Hamill, you know, mm-hmm. you get someone who comes in at a hundred, it's like, well, I got to go a hundred too. And it's just yeah. like, like you see those guys working together and it's just like it's it's instant magic. And I don't know if they ever like filmed anything together where they were like live in action or anything like that. But he was the gold standard because you had that touch of the Adam West voice, you know, that yeah. classic 1960s. And then that like gruff, like kind of Sin City, late 90s kind of like where it was like an amalgamation of the two. And it was just, yeah, it was incredible. It, it, you know, when you think of Batman or when like at that point, if you watch the series and then you read the comic books, that's whose voice you heard. Well, I mean, when you think of voice actors from the 90s or cartoon shows or just voice actors in general, there, there's not too many voices of characters that st- that stand out, that, that survive the test of time because they're always replaced. They, they find somebody new. But Kevin Conroy is Batman no matter what. Steve Downs is Master Chief no matter what. Keith David is either Goliath or he's Spawn, but his voice is is so iconic and different that he's mainly Goliath, no matter what he can never be replaced because he made a staple with that voice. Uh, and Kevin Conroy is Batman. I know they've tried to had like John DiMaggio go in there. They've had other people uh, try to do the voice and try to, I think uh, was it Diedrich Bader mm-hmm. trying to do the Batman voice. And yeah, it was corny and it worked for that type of comedy aspect, but it's Kevin Conroy. He is he is animated Batman. I mean, Arkham Knight, Arkham City, all those games, the animated movies, 
he's Batman. So. I think, yeah, and it's crazy too because whoever tries to do that voice, they they base it off that. So it's like no matter yeah. who you, no matter who you put in the booth, it's like, well, can you give us more Conroy or can you give us a little bit of Adam West or yeah. And then if you try doing the whole, um, I'm blanking out on the name right now, uh, Twinkle Vampire. Um, oh my gosh, what's his name? The latest Batman. Um, uh, oh, uh. I can't think of his name either. I think I think I know Kirsten Stewart. Uh, her uh, ex. Uh, I can't think of his name though. Uh, oh, this is good. I hate doing this, but Batman actors. I can't. Uh, Robert Pattinson. Yeah, oh my Robert god! Pattinson. See, that's how much of an impact he's made. Even though he's possibly made the greatest movie of 2022, yeah. but that's neither here or there. Eh, but we'll see. If you do that voice, and it's just like it either comes out super emo or super gravelly or super campy, like. I think as far as Batman animated property for like the next two to three years, I understand they want to strike while the iron is hot. They always do. They they should just kind of, you know, blanket or they should do like an homage like they did with Brando and Superman, you know, just yeah. put them on the wall and be like, I am your father. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was tough with Batman. It started with Batman. It started with Kevin Conroy Batman. And then another king of after school shows and Saturday morning TV and all that. Uh, Justin David Frank, the Green Ranger. I mean, who didn't want to be the Green Ranger growing up? He had the coolest Zord, he had the coolest looking suit. The dude can play a flute without even moving his mouth. I he mean, wore a helmet playing it like the, the helmet had, had a mouth that never moved, and he was able to summon his, his, his ride out to do battle. I mean, he was battle dancing, he was battle rapping without no lyrics. He was jumping into the Megazord. Like, he found the back door to the Megazord and said, Oh, I'm going to take, oh, this is five on one. Psh, I'm easy. taking the fight to you. I'm kicking your door down. Oh, dude, seen that as a kid? Yeah. I was just like, I was like, No way. And I'm just like, And then he has his own theme Green yeah. Ranger. Like, I mean, I mean, how shook was it? Like, were kids as, a, as, as fans of that watching? Not only are you getting a new Ranger. But he's got that, he's got that, uh, the shoulder pad thing, like, you know, the, 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 what they call the battle armor. Mm -hmm. He's got the shoulder pad thing. He's got a dragon for his sword with a drill tail. He jumps into the Megazord and whoops their ass there too. He takes them all out. I mean, and then he had his own karate sounds. He had his own karate sound effects. I mean, who, who, who does that? Like what person outside of Bruce Lee has their own karate or martial arts sound effects? You can't think of anyone. It's incredible too because like it's like oh, okay you know I was a Green Ranger I was taken over blah 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 and it's just like oh wait there's more I'm gonna yeah. come back as the White Ranger and I'm gonna make Kimberly faint like he, this guy had his cake and ate it too in the show like it's just like like imagine getting that push like you're saying hey we're gonna scrap the Green Ranger like oh man all right I appreciate the opportunity but we're gonna bring back the White Ranger so wait he's the Bray Wyatt he's super <laughs> over as Bray Wyatt that comes back as the fiend. With a, both a tiger and an eagle, or a falcon, he had a tiger and e a falcon and a dragon. Like, and then he had the the bird in the movie that's just like choo choo. Like, yeah, you had the Megazord. I remember I had that Megazord, and I was like, oh, and the bolt, the bird, the white ranger bird was sold separately, which pissed me it off was. as a kid. It was, and I remember I got it for one Christmas. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. And as a kid, you know, you're you're a kid, yeah. So you can't escape the oh, where's the white bird? And then my mom was like, oh, it was all sold out. I got it for my birthday, <laughs> though. And I was like, yes. Uh, so I remember waiting. Uh, th this was 
like probably in October, early October, uh, when the Green Ranger toy first came out, when he was packed with the Dragon Sword. And we went, we went to a KB Toys and waited at a KB Toys for three hours while they were unloading trucks. And when they unloaded the Rangers and from the box, it was like pre-Walmart. This was like, again, this is like mid, you know, early 90s. It was like a Walmart Black Friday rush of people like ripping the box to get the Rangers that they wanted. And my brother was able to grab the Green Ranger. By the time I got pushed myself in there to get to where the Rangers toys were at, I was only able to get the black and the blue. So I got the black and the blue. My brother got the green and with the dragon sword. I hated his ass for that too. But still, we were able to get them. But it's the Green Ranger. Who didn't want to be the Green Ranger? It, it was it was a thing. So, uh, yeah. And when I said that Kevin Connery had a long line except for one person, that person was Jason David Frank. His line was always wrapped, no matter what. It, you know, it, it was... He was constantly signing, constantly dealing with fans, constantly, you know, talking to everybody, you know, shaking hands, high fives, taking pictures, giving stories, doing all of that. He went the, he would go the extra mile for his fans. And uh, I got to meet him a few times. Uh, and he was always super nice. He was always really cool about it. Uh, I got to meet him at the 20, I think 2013, 2014. Uh, Alamo City Comic Con, uh, or was it Austin? I forget which one it was, but, but uh, we drove, me and the, uh, Jen drove up there with uh, a friend of ours. Uh, and I got to meet, I got to wait in line to meet him. I had a uh, an MMA uh, flyer that he fought in Houston from three years before that I said, hey, I, I bought this with the hopes of getting an autograph, but I was told that I couldn't get an autograph because I didn't have uh, the expensive seats. And he looked at you and he started laughing. He said, Oh man, I remember this. I remember this fight. This this guy only lasted like 30 seconds against my power. And he started doing the evil laugh and everything. I'm like, oh dude, that's awesome. And then I got him to autograph uh, Megazord versus Godzilla print that I had. Uh that was really cool too. And he laughed about that. He saw this is really cool. Uh oh, like oh, he's like, Hey, you gotta get this person, this person, this person's autograph. Uh they'll be in Houston soon. I'm like he was just really cool, really cool to talk to. So I- and the thing about Jason David Frank, like, and it, it's funny because they, you know, the expression, you know, give people their flowers while they're still around to smell them. Yeah. Even before he, like, you know, just scrolling through Twitter and, you know, in everything that I like, pop culture, the one consistent thing was he was always happy to do what he did. He was never the guy to sell out. Like, even seeing the testimonies from people on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Reddit, like saying, oh, I had six cards. He signed all six. And he was genuine. And, like, they even had that video where he's like, hey, if the person is standing in line complaining about their position and they do not deserve to be called your hero. Like he, yeah. he, he was one of the most humblest guys. And the crazy thing is anytime people would hit him up like, Hey, I got this fan film I'm doing. Can I get your permission? Yeah. And it's, instead of saying, Oh, don't even use the footage. I'll show up. Or, you know, he do like the, the, the products, even the bank studios, um, comic book, they based it yeah. directly by him. Whereas the other characters were, Kind of like that Avengers offshoot where it's like, oh, you can't really use their image, but you can use their likeness in a way. Yeah. And then when he used the Lord, like the break the grid storyline, and he was like the alternate version, he cosplayed that. Like the guy was in everything 100%. And when they contacted him for like the reunion shows and like the mm-hmm. big team ups and all that, he, he, he showed up. Good. He, he, he'd show up every time, you know, saying, oh, I want this and happy, you know? 
I mean, I mean, it was it was cool to see. I think the I think the first one was well, I think the first one that he showed up for was uh, Scorpion versus the White Ranger, where he showed up because he didn't think it was really him, and so he took the helmet off. And you're like, holy holy shit, it's really him. Then he showed up for the sequel, Ryu versus the Green Ranger for Bat in the Sun, and it's like he's really doing this. And they even they and they even um, redesigned the Green Ranger uh, suit to make it kind of non-canon but canon in a way that Saban and uh, yeah Saban was okay with it. So, I mean, he did everything for his fans. He really did, uh, and it's it's just a sad loss to to see how he went out and. It feels like I'm repeating myself almost a year ago or a little over a year ago from today that, you know, if you do need help, seek it out. Don't be afraid to ask and, you know, try to find someone to help you. My recommendation is don't go to somebody that, you know, go to somebody that you don't know to talk it out. Because if you go to somebody that, you know, chances are they're just going to try to tell you what they want you to do, what they think that you should do based on their opinion of you. Go to somebody that you don't know. Talk to a stranger. That's that's my 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 tip for that. And also for the people who are posting out, you know, I see a lot of people posting. You know, if you need help, talk to this person. I'm here for you. That, I'm here for you. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Fuck those people. Here's why: most of those people are the reason why other people are depressed. They're the reasons why they're causing it. Those are the shitheads who are doing those things. They're yeah, the, the ones who are causing that nonsense. And then they want to be a helping shoulder when in reality, they're the ones causing people to get depressed that way. And just to branch off that, it's like that weak virtue signal and like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I'll be here for you. And then they talk to you and then like they listen and then they go back to the wife to be like, oh, so-and-so, yeah. can't you believe it? And then it's just, it, and, and the thing is, Mike Tyson has a great quote from a Joe Rogan podcast that he said, it's a lonely neighborhood up there and you're the only one up there. Yeah. Like it, it, very much true. Cause at very the end of the true. day, first and last person you talk to is yourself. Very much true. I, I know so many paper tigers who offer that shoulder to, as a, as a help to help people out on, but on the same time, that shoulder also carries a knife in the hand that are stabbing you in the back. So I see it all the time. People posting it there. There are some true people that, that I do see want to help. But there are other people who are just as greedy and scandalous as anything. And they're the cancer of why people take themselves out. And it's sad to, it's sad to say that. And it's sad to, to, to see it happen. So, <clears throat> yeah, get help. But go talk to somebody that you don't know. That way you get, you'll get a non-biased, un, you know, unemotional opinion from somebody that it, you know what that could help you out to a better place so in the thing is too it's so i i work in retail and i come across a lot of people mm-hmm. and in my times there's been times where i've seen someone i'm just like hey how's it going i hope you have a great day you know oh yeah i like your hat just simple yeah. you know high and by and then like months later they'll come back and they'll be like hey remember that day i had a really tough time i remember you man you were great. and i don't know the whole story and then i'm just like oh damn and then sometimes too, like it's it's like, like you said, you know, you talk to a complete stranger or someone, yeah. and, it, and it feels good because you get yeah, to, it does. You get to word vomit, and if it comes out weird, like <laughs> or something, you it just does. like, 
it does like that. So that's one thing, and it's it's tough when they say like you know the old saying, "Don't meet your heroes." Yeah. Jason David Frank was the one where you wanted to meet your hero because that guy was, yeah. and more power to him, but like living with that and dealing with that because you know he he had the world in his hands. We we don't know, you know, mm-hmm. there whatever happened happened, and whatever happened happened. I'm not blaming anybody. And the one thing is, if you're a genuine fan, be a genuine fan. If you have his signature, you know, treat it like a loom, keep it up, you know, hang it, whatever. But don't fucking capitalize on the man's don't, death. Don't and, do it. Like that's that's the that's the most scumbaggiest shit ever. Like I've I've looked online, I, even like at my local comic book shop. There's some stuff where there's like an influx of all that, and I'm just like, dude, like, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's one it's one thing if he was like in his 80s or like nine, you know, because then it's like, well, you know, we don't have that anymore. He's on his way out, but it's like, it's it's real scumbag shit. And if you're it buying in, and if you're really buying into it to be like, oh, I'm a cash out on these, it's just like. Where the fuck were you day one then? Because if you were really about it, you would have already sold it. But just to capitalize on someone, that's just real scumbag shit, especially under these circumstances. It, it really is. It definitely, it definitely really is. Um, yeah, I, I just, I, it sucks. Uh, I know that uh, there's a few pop groups I'm a part of, uh, another collectible groups I'm a part of, where they're like, okay, PSA, you cannot sell or you cannot sell or trade. Uh, anything from Batman the Animated Series for the next uh, four weeks. You cannot trade or sell anything from the Green Ranger, White Ranger, Red Ranger, all these Rangers for the next uh, four to six weeks to, to try to prevent that. So I know that's a thing. Uh, I don't have many Green Ranger things left because I purged a lot of my Green, Green Ranger stuff a few years ago, which now I'm regretting. <clears throat> but I do have the pop. I do got like a little mini Dragon Zord. And those things I'm going to try. Those things I'm going to I'm going to cherish. Uh, those things I'm going to uh, hang on to until I demise. So, uh, but you know, don't be that person that's looking just to resell to capitalize capitalize off somebody's death. I think <clears throat> I think what they should what I, I mean I know it would take a lot as far as people with in kind of hindsight 2020, but I think the main thing is like if someone really is a genuine fan and you want to reach out, be like, hey, listen. I'm gonna give it to you at base price because I yeah. know you're a fan. Like, but if if like I said, don't 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 collect coin on the cemetery. You know, no, you don't want to do that. You 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 definitely don't want to do that. Um, and yeah, uh, like I said, like so. And and to to anyone else, like as far as like enjoying your fandom and celebrating your fandom and something, do it all the way up, man. Go to the conventions. Let these people know that you're really there for them, and just. Really do it up. Don't be afraid to fly that flag because you never know when they need to hear or just and and also to the other people that are saying like, you know, the whole fan challenge bullshit where it's like, oh, you weren't a fan until you died. Blah, 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 blah. You're not a real day one. I watched 660 episodes. No, just Uh, if you like it, you like it. Yeah. So jumping from that, I mean, well, let's end that with, uh, you know, rest in peace, Kevin Conroy, rest in peace, Jason David Frank. To all the friend, to all the fan, the fans, the you know, the family, everyone, um, condolences. Uh, and it's been great to see the love and outpour for both of these people showing throughout social media. Uh, if you don't want to cry, I would say stay away from Amy Joe Johnson's posts on Instagram. Stay away from Walter Jones' posts on Instagram, um, and stay away from his daughter's posts on Instagram. Uh, because those will affect you dearly. Oh, Tara Strong's too. 
I haven't seen Tara Strong's. Yeah, so hers was about Kevin Conrad. I was about, just like, oh. Uh, I but but uh, I think Jenna Frank's her hers was, uh, I as a father myself, um, to have her talk to her dad, tears. I I, I couldn't get through it. It was sad. So, going from that tragedy to I don't know, it could be considered a tragedy. It could be it could be considered a success, depending on how you look at it, and how much of a depending on what tribe of fan you are, let's talk about some, uh, some full gear. Let's carry on my wayward okay. son. <laughs> so this pay-per-view happened, uh, this past weekend. Uh, I was hyped for it because of the room, you know, the return of the elite, but also I was interested in some matches. I- I'm not going to lie. Uh, I enjoy all aspects of wrestling. I don't belong to the tribe of AEW. I don't belong to the tribe of WWE. Uh, I enjoy everything. I watch everything. I wear every merch thing. I've got my half my closets AEW, or take that back. Half my closets WWE. Thirty percent is probably AEW, and then the rest is indie people that I know. So that that that's how I am, or other indie, other Impact, something like that. <laughs> so uh, it's it that that's that's how my closet is with uh, wrestling shirts. But I was hyped for full gear. Uh, I'm a fan of uh, the Bucks and the Elite and Omega. I'm a fan of uh, Best Friends, uh, Brian Cage, Ricky Starks. I'm a fan of most of these people because I enjoy their entertainment. I enjoy their character. I'm not afraid to admit that. So I ordered it. Me and the family watched together. Uh, for the most part, the kids had to go to bed. Uh, so we stayed up to watch the rest of it. The kids watched it again the next day. Um, I enjoyed it overall. I had a lot of fun watching it. So, uh, what, like, what, like, what are your non-sportly th- uh, thoughts of this uh, pay review? Overall, it, um, it, was, I didn't know what to expect because I watch a lot more <clears throat> WWE than AEW just because yeah. how my schedule works. So I usually have Mondays off. But um, I, I wasn't sure what they were doing with the whole like rewind thing with the Bucks and the whole vanishing because I'm like, what the hell are they gonna do with this? And then like. Everything going into it was just a lot of speculation and guessing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as far as execution, before we really get into it, it, w- it was a lot better than expected. My yeah. only major complaint, as with all AEW pay-per-views, is the fucking length. Like, they need to... <laughs> they they, they got to get it. Like, or even if... Like, I, I don't want to call anyone else less than or anything like yeah. that as far as an undercard. But I feel like the first hour outside of, like, the main matches should mm-hmm. be on TBS or even if they get a deal with uh HBO Max cuz I know that's through Warner and TNT. Okay. And and then also just the the like I understand we get one every f- 5 or 6 weeks or whatever for a pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, the pricing sometimes kicks me in the ass cuz I'm like what if this pay-per-view is mid, you know? Well, I mean WWE Network or at the time for network you're paying 10 bucks a month, right? Mm-hmm. That's $120 plus taxes a year. Right. Yeah. About 120 plus taxes. So I think the most I was charged is like 127. I think after taxes and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm only laughing because Eric Hamilton, shout out to Slamilton, <laughs> taught me back when the network you used to be able to do this. You get the credit card, you just change one number, you change the email, you get your free month. Yeah. Just do that 12 times. You could do that too. Um, oh man. But the pay per views. I mean, when the first two years of AEW, the pay-per-views were, it was 30 for the 
for the basic and I think it was 70 for the HD. They've got rid of both of them. Now it's only HD and you're paying 50 per pay-per-view. To which if you invite friends over and they kick in 10 bucks to watch, you're, you're getting it covered. You're, 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 or you're helping get it covered. Uh, so I can, I can afford that. I can. Uh, <clears throat> as for the lead into the show, the, the, the matches I watch. So I, fa- I do a lot of fast forwarding, mainly through Raw, mainly through Impact lately. Uh, I enjoy Dynamite. I enjoy SmackDown. I enjoy New Japan, Global World, New Japan. Those are my three mains. Those are my three things. Uh, NXT, I try watching it, but I just can't get into it. I've tried so hard. I've, I don't like Cam- Carmelo Hayes. I don't like the guy who looks like the shaved caveman from the Geico commercials. <laughs> um, was it Von Wagner? I think his name is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Grayson Waller. I cannot stand. It's just, I I'm, I'm not into them. I'm just not into the half the talent they got there. Uh, what, what's her name? Wendy Chu. She's entertaining. The, the, the female, she's like the female orange Cassidy sort of a, with narcolepsy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she's entertaining. I love she, Nikita Lyons, but I, that's you know that's well. I mean, man, you know, th- you mean, don't you mean thick Nikita Lyons? Oh so, man, that is a thick bowl of grits right there. She, she, um, she, she is. Uh, yeah, she got the grits. So Zoe, Zoe Stark, but um, I feel like NXT, as far as just to kind of finish off this tangent, is like if you told someone, "Hey, you only got a half hour to go through WWE's library. Try and mm-hmm. recite it from memory and write it back." And it's just like, what? What do you got? Oh, there's this girl that they sleeps. She falls asleep. <laughs> there's a girl with a big butt, and uh, there's flippity doos and magic and Nickelodeon colors. Kids Choice Awards stage done. Oh, and Steiner Jr. You have Steiner Jr. too. Yeah, that's oh, but uh, Dijak. Uh, spoiler alert: He came back and he's repackaged as the new big boss man. So that's interesting. Was he handcuffing people? Beating him with a nightstick? Uh, he just showed up with the glasses, a dark jacket, and like a big like like jail cell and like beat the crap out of Wesley. So that's going to be interesting how they go from there. They should just repackage him as like the son of the one-man gang and just have him do that. Have him grow a beard. Just have him do that. You know, die Jack, the gang member, the die Jack gang. <laughs> so just just have him do that. <clears throat> that that's, that's, that's all I want to see. But, but, uh, but, but to get back to the pay-per-view, Mm-hmm. Um, the lead up to it, uh, th- there really wasn't much outside of M- uh, MJF versus Mox. That was like the big selling point for this pay-per-view. But l- let's be honest. That was the selling point. The rumors, or not the rumors, because it was confirmed before the show, or be- the on the go-home show was confirmed. But the six-man tag and the title match, those were the two main draws for this pay-per-view. That's where it was. Uh, overall, uh, that's what sold me. I wanted to see all that. I wanted to see the most of the matches. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And I ordered it. Uh, but storyline-wise, we can kind of get into it as we discuss the matches. <clears throat> and I can kind of explain it to you uh, or give you the heads up of what was going on from my perspective um, if you didn't really watch a lot of it due to uh, scheduling. Yeah, I was watching it on, on a phone. Meanwhile, watching footage and just... Just doing, uh, you know, my my real job and just kind of figuring things out, 
Sorry about oh, that. Oh, you're getting paged. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Rito. Dr. Rito. <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. That's just a little reminder. I always have at 11. <laughs> that's my I need to be in bed by 11 alarm. But, oh, okay. tomorrow, but that's no neither here or there. We're staying up late night, baby. Yeah, we do it. But So, uh, so first matchup, we got the best. This is the, I think, the five on five. Best yep. friends versus the factory. And leading up to this match, we all know the best friends, Chucky e. T, Trent Beretta, uh, Orange Cassidy. They brought in Rocky Romero, and the fifth member was Dan Housen. So, so we know that's the best friends. And we have the factory, who is QT Marshall, uh, Air, former Aaron Bailey, now Aaron Solo, because they broke up. Uh, <laughs> Lee Johnson, Nick Camarado, and uh, Cole Carter. So... The week before, or the go-home show, QT Marshall gives Dan House an apology driver on the still steps, taking him out. So now it's a four-on-five going into the pay-per-view. And did they do any kind of warning or build-up to this thing? No, they did not. How Well, then how would you know what was going to happen? Social media. Dan House had been posting videos of his older gimmick where he was more evil. He posted pictures of Pazuzu from The Exorcist. And then um, metal print T-shirt maker, uh, Holy Mountain Printing Co. Print, uh, showed off some graphics of evil um, Danhausen. So that kind of led to speculation that, oh, we're finally getting very evil Danhausen to show up. They do their match. Halfway through it, QT Marshall's teasing a uh, pile driver to Orange Cassidy on the still steps. What happens? We get very evil Danhausen, which was great. He brought out his jar of teeth. He brought out his uh, metal spike. And pretty much we got the Danhausen that we've always wanted to see uh, since he got signed by AEW. So what did you think of that match? Okay, he is. There we go. Sorry about there that. Just, just, okay. had to just had to wrestle with the charger. No problem. Um, what I thought about it as far as Danhausen and just that match, like just him showing up, I was just like, oh shit, he actually did it because I remember, so there's another podcast that I'm pretty much like the flag bearer for. It's called Wrestle Rap. Mm-hmm. He was a guest on it, and I was able to sit in on, you know, the interview. Yeah. And it was so weird seeing him, like, outside of character and, like, yeah. just, it was strange because I'm like, oh, who, the, like, it took me a second because he's like, oh, I got this guy. <laughs> he's coming in. You might know him. And I was like, who is he? I was like, it's a surprise. And I see this white guy just sitting in the chair. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> and then he's just like, oh, it's Dan. And I was like, oh, and then he did the voice and I started laughing. And then he was showing like pictures as he was like, so he has Polaroids mm-hmm. with like, you know, like the plastic over him and the blood and just the yeah. evil look. And I was just like, oh, wow, this, this was something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I, I liked it. He showed up with the teeth and the big spike and like, it was funny too. Cause it was like, Taz was like, oh, what the hell's going on? And then, you know, it was, it was incredible. So the best thing that AEW does better than WWE is really tailored to the social media aspect and the video aspect of everything mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, we're not going to tell you what's going on, but we're going to show you in a way that if you seek it, you're going to find it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we, we got Evil Danhausen and he did the teeth bit, which everybody's been dying to see for the last year. They've been wanting him to do the teeth bit. It wasn't done to uh, Adam Cole, which... Everybody hoped that he would because, you know, Britt Baker. But he did it. And then he nailed uh, QT Marshall with the spike. And uh, 
it was great to see that. I, I love the new music. Uh, it wasn't corny. It wasn't tequila. So uh, it was uh, it was overall pretty good. So I really enjoyed that match. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun, really, uh, for, a, for a 10 man. So next up, we got uh, uh, Ricky Starks uh, versus Brian Cage. And this was, what, one of the quarterfinals for yep. the, the thing? Um, listen, I like Ricky Starks. He's, he's great, energetic, all that. But you're telling me this guy beat Brian Cage? Even in a scripted win, he's going to beat Brian. He's going to beat Brian Cage. Yeah, it's it's that AB booking, man. Uh, yeah. The th- the thing is, like Ricky Starks. Here's the thing, Ricky Starks. Like, if you took what Rock had in charisma and talent and mic skill, and then you just took that, threw it in the laundry, and let it shrink, and then take that out, that's what no. you get, Ricky Starks. It, no, no, no. I saw. Okay, if you take Rock's personality. And stuffed it into the body of Gregory Helms or Shane Helms, you get Ricky Starks. Yes, yes. You, you did. You did the ten-year challenge with Ricky Starks and Hurricane Helms. They're the same person. Yeah. Even down to the accent, they're the same person. <laughs> but again, I'm local to Ricky Starks' territory, where he would tour through Texas and tour through Louisiana and tour through the southern areas. Um, I'm a fan. But this is Brian Cage. This is the big. This is the big guy, and this is one of those instances I think Brian Cage should have won, because the next match would have been uh, Ethan Page versus Brian Cage, which would have been a good match. I mean, I'm not saying that he didn't have one tonight with uh, Ethan Page, but believability, Cage should have won. That's that's just my opinion. Cage should have won. It's, it's you know what it is though it's it's you're you're it's from the realm of so this new old age wrestling where you know the Daniel Bryans and the CM Punks of the world mm-hmm. you know the little guy they get over and they do their thing and they they win and yeah they overcome you know David Goliath story tale as old as time yeah I think with Brian Cage is the guy is what you think a WWE guy would be like why hasn't Vince <laughs> you know you get what I'm saying like yeah. it's yeah. it's a Braun Strowman effect it's like well, you got this big guy. Well, what else can he do? Well, he's he's big. So, and and it, it's the marketability. Like, it's not the land of the giants anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, you're almost there, yeah. but you're not. Yeah, I mean, he's built like he's built like Brock Lesnar, but he's able to do you know moon salts and stuff though. Unlike Brock Lesnar, and this guy <laughs> this guy won't crash on his face when he does a moon salt. So, yeah, we'll he, see. Well. Maybe. I mean, this guy This guy loves Wolverine. That's all you need. That's all you need in life. <laughs> Someone who loves Wolverine. Who, who can grow the sideburns. That's all you need. So, <laughs> uh, match was okay. Uh, again, I would have preferred Cage to win, but it was still a, it, was, it was still entertaining. I, I enjoyed it. What would you think? It, it was a good match. Uh, I saw bits and pieces of it because I was in the realm of possibility like, oh, Brian Cage is going to squash this dude. It's done. It's over. Whatever. Yeah. And I'm filing paperwork, and I look up, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> so I rewound it. I was like, "Okay, I'm with it." You know, yeah, it it is what it is. So next up, we had Eddie Kingston versus uh, uh, Akiyama, who a lot of New Japan fans love this match. Um, this during this match, I'm going to be honest with you, I was leveling up. I, I, I play a game called the like the Pop Blitz Funko Pop Blitz on my phone. And I was trying to level up my uh, my uh, 
uh, scare glow character to try to get the the next full effect on him. So I didn't really pay attention to this match at all. But I did pay attention to his promo afterwards, where pretty much it sounded like Kingston was just killing time before the pay per view started, and he didn't care what he was saying. So uh, I can't really give an opinion on the match itself. It happened. Didn't really care to see it. Uh, but what are your thoughts then, if you saw it? So it was. <laughs> you know what's funny and no. Eddie Kingston, coolest guy I've met him on numerous occasions here mm-hmm. in up north for Beyond Wrestling. Um, I, my printer, it's funny because when you're auditing, you got to print and check and all that. Yeah. One of my printers ran out of toner. So I was just like, oh, I got to stop this Ricky Starks match and stop and go. And I got up and I was gone for like 20 minutes. And I came back to, <laughs> and I came back to Twitter on my laptop and I'm looking, I'm like, Yo, what is everyone talking about Eddie Kingston about? Like, what what was this promo everyone was like so so big on? Because they're like, oh, Eddie Kingston fucking rules, which you know he does, but I just didn't know what he said. <laughs> he, he was ripping into New Jersey. <laughs> he he was just ripping into them, uh, for the most part, and he was trying to fill time, so he was just he just gave profanity based uh, <laughs> promo about enjoying the show. Thank you for coming out. Uh, I've got like 10 minutes to kill. Wait, I got to wrap it up in three. Okay. Uh, okay. He's telling me to go. I tell me I need to hurry up. And he's thanking the fans. Uh, fuck. Uh, what, what did he say? Like he said, uh, fuck the jets or some like something like that. You know? So it, it was, it was funny. It, it was just funny. He, like he didn't care where he was at. And he told the, the crowd to go F themselves. Cause they were booing him because you know, he's New York and their Jersey. So uh- yeah, no, he, he's 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 <laughs> as airy as bit real as he is. Like, I remember a little story. I went to go to a Beyond show, and after that, we went to the bar downstairs, and he's sitting in their favor in his arm, and I was just like, "Oh, you got a stinger there, pinched nerve." And he looked at me, and goes, "What are you a fucking doctor?" And I was just like, <laughs> "I was like, no, no, I just assumed." He goes, "I'm fucking with you." He goes, "Yeah, good point." And I was like, "Oh, what are you <laughs> drinking?" And I bought him a beer, and we chopped it up probably for like twenty minutes. It was me him yuda mm-hmm. and um nick gage so that was like actually oh, man. i i have the photo somewhere i'll post it at some point because i always <laughs> post it around this time it is my favorite photo in the world because you see these two tough guys and you see me standing there and then you see willow yuda's head in the corner like hey what's up nick gage i, I hear that a lot of the uh the, the a lot of the uh coasts on uh what's wrong with wrestling love that guy <laughs> all fucking gay bro now he gang 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 Eric Hamilton, listen, Eric, where were you this fucking week? But <laughs> he posted the milk carton, so which was funny. Um, he does a really good MDK, which pops me every time I hear it. <laughs> oh man, but <laughs> but yeah, that match, Kings. Yeah, the, the match again. I don't remember much of the match, but I remember this promo afterwards. Entertaining. It happened. Uh, so let's go from there. Next up, we have the actual first match of the pay per view, not the pre show. With Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus in the cage match. Um, I didn't know really what to expect in this match. Uh, because, again, we're kind of used to seeing Jungle Boy just, you know, kind of... I don't, I don't want to say he's always been kind of protected or safe. But he... This was a different match for him. I don't think he's ever been in like a hardcore type cage match before. Where he was bleeding and everything else. And from what I remember hearing about, you know, Luchasaurus being injured going into this match, him competing with his injury. And then they put on a damn good match. It was really great. 
So, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. My kids were jumping up and down, cheering for Jungle Boy, you know, wanting him to win, wanting him to beat Luchasaurus. Uh, so they got into it. I enjoyed the match. I thought it was great. Uh, you know, what were your thoughts? Jungle Boy became Jungle Man. <laughs> because that, listen, I, I don't know if it was the blade job or whatever worked out. But that man got color. He got he like it was like whatever the mood of scale is or whatever that is. He he was right up there because when I saw it, I was like, oh, shit, like they're really going in. And listen, yeah. that that table was strong as fuck, because when they both went through, it was just like, eh, and then, yeah, then went. Yeah. So for like for like color levels, I, I, there, there, I think there are different scales. You start off low with Moxley. Then the next step up. Is Cody Rhodes, then the next step up, <clears throat> Dusty Rhodes, then the next step up, Ric Flair, then the next step up after that, Necro Butcher. Yep. So those, like, I think those are the steps that that you take to of uh, of people blading and getting color. I and, think, yeah, it's it's incredible. And with Jungle Boy, I mean, like, the name the name got to go. He got to be like, you know, Jungle Jack Perry or Jumping Jack Perry, you know, because. He he got he's gonna eventually gonna drop yeah. that gimmick and get serious because it's like and I know he's still young and as someone who <laughs> as someone who is you know the son of a nine oh two one oh star it's like yeah on paper it's like oh this guy that no the guy fucking goes he just as far well, as his TV presentation and time he needs a little more like he I don't know if it's a mouthpiece or something because when he cuts the promo it's just like it it's it's the Dominic effect where it's like I'm gonna beat you. I'm Jungle Boy. It's just like, ah, come on, dude. So you're saying he needs a William Regal? Uh, let's or, later or, in the show we'll get on okay. that because, or, or, or maybe a Prince Nana. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a Prince Nana. I mean, well, during during the media scrum, which I I watched because I kept hearing people go, "Oh, this and this happened." Um. They kept referring him to. They kept referring him to, or as uh, uh, Jungle Jack. They kept saying Jungle Jack. It's like, okay, that's a good name. You know, that would be a good, you know, evolution to his character. But at the same time, you got uh, Shawn Michaels being a fifty-year-old man being still be called HBK. So he's no longer a kid. I mean, his cross eyes are older than most audiences now. So. I mean, Undertaker. <laughs> Undertaker. I, I think. <laughs> but here's the difference: is HBK is just you know the letters you don't really, and it's the heartbreak kid. It's not like it's like the sexy boy because clearly he's they still not. play that when he comes out. Yeah, but he's a sexy boy. <laughs> <laughs> but he's no longer a boy. Yeah. He's got kids. <laughs> I'm just a sexy man. Sexy yeah. man. I'm an all right guy. <laughs> I mean, you saw you saw had the Hardy Boys come out to to, to their song wearing a when their kickwear, when their Jinko jeans, <laughs> the UFO pants, the UFO pants. They still got they still got the club shirts on with the little barbed wire on the arms. <laughs> well, speaking the tribal of that, on the arms, going going from you know the Hardy Boys to a team that was influenced by the Hardy Boys. I <laughs> it was. Listen, it's all about setup. I was on my lunch during this match or my okay. late dinner. The presentation, the music, and just carry on my way where it's on. And it's just like, 
oh, they're actually fucking doing this. And the silhouette, too. Yeah. Silhouettes. Dude, Amazing. it was something out of a video game. It was incredible. It was. It was. Uh, I mean, so what this one, the setup was, uh, basically, they would show commercials every week for the last four or five weeks of basically the elite getting uh, erased out of AEW history. All their matches, their debuts, their their uh, AEW announcement scrum, them, like it's the Bucks and Omega getting kind of erased out of history. <clears throat> that was kind of their leading up to that. So, you know, okay, they're coming back. We know they're coming back. And they did the, they did, they did the countdown again, which if you're a big fan of BTE, when they were getting ready to announce AEW, they did a countdown. At the end, at the end of every episode, there was a countdown. Same thing here. There was a countdown. Instead of them being, you know, written, you know, them coming back to AEW, they're just getting written out. So that was interesting to, to see. But honestly, when they had Pac at the go home show, kind of kill five minutes for them to show the final uh, match graphic, they didn't need to do that. Pac wins the match, gets on the mic and says, we're, we're doing an open challenge uh, this Saturday. We've heard rumors. We've seen things. We want to we want to fight. We want to we want to battle for these belts. Leave it as that. Don't announce them. Let the hype build. Get that CM Punk, you know, rumor going. Get that rumor going. Then when you get to the match, Death Triangle comes out first. You're like, OK, who is it going to be? Who is it going to be? Then you hear carry on my wayward son. You see the silhouettes. That's a bigger pop. That was still a good pop when they came out, but there could have been a bigger pop without that, you know, knowledge beforehand. Uh, and, the, but, and that's the thing too. Cause I was just like, Oh shit. Like, cause when they played, I was just like, wait a minute. And I heard the sound. I was just like, who's that? And then I was like, Oh no shit. You know? Yeah. So it was, it was, it was interesting. But like you said, that's, that's a proper way to do it, but you know, Tony Khan got to get those pay-per-view. He's got to get the buys in. He's got to get those those pre-buys in. So, buy, buy, buy. no, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you believe that the, that the Wayward Song lyrics, that the, the way they chose to do the song, was a dig at CM Punk? I I honestly don't know because the thing with the Elite and the Bucks, they mm-hmm. they. It's they they move within a veil over yeah. the real world and what's real and fake. Like mm-hmm. they they know how to keep kayfabe alive, but still let it die. But still, you know, it's yes. it's it's a tightrope effect because they'll make one comment on the thing and be like, "Oh, what's going on? You watch on BT and you know you see a guy in a chick magnet shirt and it's like, oh fuck you, dude.' And it's just like, what what happened? <laughs> oh, he fucked up my order. Oh, okay, is it related to? No, I just hated that guy. So I say that because since. The pay-per-view people have come out and said, oh, that's a dig at CM Punk. The song lyrics are a dig at CM Punk that CM Punk has done. He's did this and this. And I'm and as a person who's who watches BTE, who's been watching BETE since before the infamous Cody versus Kenny match at Supercard of Honor, <laughs> every so often they'll make a comment about, about they want to come out to Kansas. They've been wanting to come out to Wayward Son for years. When they left the Bullet Club. And they and they were kicked out of the Bullet Club. They wanted to come out to Wayward Son to have a match with Tama, uh, with Tama Tonga, Tonga Loa, and uh, and Jay White. They wanted to have a three versus three with them. Didn't happen. But they kept saying that they want to come out to Wayward Son. So 
there's a lot of people who are who just hate the Bucks and hate elite, hate the elite, hate Omega, that are saying that they're taking a dig, with not without even realizing. This has been a building thing that they've always wanted to come out to that song, as a trio, as an as the elite. So Kenny has has been open about being a big fan of a uh, of a. Uh, Oh, what the hell is it called? Supernatural? Supernatural? The Winchester Brothers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a big fan of that show. That's a main theme of that show. So that would make sense. But, you know, you have people who like to believe a certain 70s and 80s former booker who is now an angry radio host and his hate for gymnastics. And they just want to believe that. So kind of sucks. Sometimes they say, you know, the truth is stranger than fiction because it's yeah. like, you know, it's just the universe always somehow finds a way because it's like, and and the Bucks, here's the thing, the Bucks are going to lean into it and they'll be like, hey, this is great. This is good heat. This is going to, yep. you know, like, and as we talk later about what happened, like a quick recap of what happened later tonight, it's just like, the, the, those guys know how to work it. And Kenny, Kenny, he's retur- he returned like, he. I'm not saying he needed this time off. But when he first came back, he was a little look looking a little hurt, and you know he was wrestling with like pretty much almost like a broken neck. I remember, or like yeah. s- something weird like that. Yeah. So it was it was good to see the Bucks and the league back. Uh, that hundred percent, at hundred percent. And that triangle. Here's the thing: those guys are no slouches. Like they could play the whole. Oh, I'm not a paper champion. Like those guys know how to work. Even Pac decided to drop a title and say, "Oh, you know what? Let's let's focus on this and get a best yeah. of seven series." So it's like. Okay, that's that's the way it should happen because instead of doing the same match every week and rematch after rematch and whatnot, you yep. you do it right. It's the best of seven series because it's like, well, how the hell they're gonna ramp it up? And the Bucks and uh, Death Triangle or even the Lucha Bros, those guys know how to fucking work. They're the they perfect do. dance partners. And you know, if you're saying you don't like flippity do bullshit, hey, skip the match because those guys work. You know, you know. I'll just say this as like a kind of a, a final rant for this thing before we move into the next match. What I hate the most are the WWE stands, and I'll just say, straight up say it: WWE stands who come out and say, "I hate the flippy dippy stuff. I hate the flippy dippy matches. This and this," and then they cream their pants whenever Rey Mysterio comes out, <laughs> or whenever Ricochet comes out. I remember whenever Triple H was was in charge, was back. He's back to in power again. And people are like, oh, I hate that flippy dippy shit. I hate that, you know, blah, blah, this and this. Ricochet comes back to Raw. Oh, my God, it's Ricochet. Like, really, bitch? Oh, yeah. Really? And then, or Logan Paul flying across the thing. It's like, oh, this is a great. It's just like, come on, dude. Like, Really? I mean, what, what, did you watch SmackDown in the early 2000s when Remy Asterio debuted where half of his matches were like 15 Hurricane Ranas in one match and he won? I mean, come on, man. You, you, it's not that you don't like flippy dippy stuff. You just don't like anything outside of WWE. That's it, what it is. And it's the realm of it's the realm of you know uh, familiarity, as they say. Yeah, but I really enjoyed this match. It was fun. I was not I, honestly. I was not expecting the outcome of who won to happen. I thought the elite were going to win. They did not. That was. I was surprised. I was really mm-hmm. surprised. And I think that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to surprise you to make you tune in to see what happens. Uh, and that's what they did. So really enjoyed that match. Uh, I I loved it. The kids loved it too. Uh, so that's it on that one. Uh, so next was Jade Cargill versus... No, no, uh, no, no, no. It was Chitara versus Nyla Rose. 
Oh shit! Thundercats. Oh, <laughs> sorry. She came, she she came out as a Thundercat for that yes. match. Yeah, that was cool. All right, I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, she was a Thundercat hoe, all right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, we already that, knew the outcome of this match, man. Oh this yeah, week. we are. Yeah, we knew that. Well, you knew what was going to happen. Uh, great match. Uh, for I mean, this the, to they've really let Nyla kind of come out of her shell and be herself, to be the way she is on Twitter, which is great. I love that. She's finally able to just, you know, be herself. That's all like, she needs to do. I liked it too because it wasn't booked as like, oh, I'm a badass, I'm a beat your ass, and it's just like. Hey, we got one of those on Raw. Her name is uh, Nia Jax. Like, it's just like, you know, it's none of that monster bullshit. It's yeah. more personality. It's more. Yeah. And just to pair her with Vicky, it's like, it's incredible. And what I liked is she had the I'm your mommy and the lowrider. <laughs> like, and yeah. just to confirm, it was not a real Ripley t shirt. There was... It wasn't. It was a Vicky Guerrero Pro Sling Tees t shirt. Exactly. So it's just like, hey, you know, she's a girl. And, it's incredible, you know, that they still have that like semi working relationship to be yep. like, hey, you know, this is okay. We're going to do this. Like, yep. I, I feel like Ray Mysterio like bridges the gap between AEW and WWE very lightly, where he's like the last contact that they have. Yeah. Yep. That is very true. Uh, but I will say this for Nala Rose, uh, two years ago, wasn't a fan, couldn't stand her. Uh, ever since I started watching Ethan Page's toy hunt videos and she's cameoed on them a few times where she does the hunts with them, I'm like, Holy shit, she's funny. Oh, she's yeah. hilarious. And it was great to see that person that's on the toy hunts trying to transition over to uh, her wrestling character and do it so flawlessly, do it so effortlessly. So the match was the match was overall it was decent. I'd want to see another match between them two down the road because I think they could do better, uh, especially since both of them both of them are known for being nerd fandoms uh seeing what they come up with next i mean honestly i'm hoping jade cargill comes out as april o'neill from the from the 80s animated tmnt oh. show with the yellow oh. jumpsuit oh god this bottom left yes <laughs> oh god and then you know nyla rose she's a big x-men fan she's a big fan of aliens and stuff like that uh she's made a comment before on uh, ethan's toy hunts that she has gear in mind to have it look like a predator with like the claws, you know, the fishnets and all that, the 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 human skulls hanging from her waist and stuff like that. If she were able to do that and have her fight whatever Jade Cargill comes up with, that's like a nerd's dream, like a Comic Con dream right there. Get the alien stuff <laughs> now, yes. real life one. Do it, do it now, do it now. Um, right. So yeah, the match was for me. The match was okay, but I want to see another match because I think they could do better. Yeah, flush it out more. So next up, we have the Fatal 4-Way for the, the ROH heavyweight title with uh, Danielson, Claudio, Sammy Guevara, and Chris Jericho. Um, the match was fun. I know a lot of people hated the fact that Sammy was in there because he's one of the younger guys versus all the other kind of vets that were in the match. But I think he added youth to it. I think he added some youth to it. And also the fact that people just want to see Sammy get beat up. They want to see Sammy hurt. And you got four, I mean, you got three other guys in there who work really stiff and who work really uh, hard with their, uh, their attacks and punches and stuff like that, which kind of negates what Andrade was saying uh, last month 
about uh, Sammy Guevara because he took all those hits, those chops and everything, and he's been working with Brian Danielson for the last, what, six weeks, four weeks? And Danielson, Danielson hits hard. From, from If you read his book and read Mox's book and everything, Danielson hits hard. He doesn't hold back. And Sammy's been working with him for the last several weeks. And, I mean, Andrade, I think you just went out of your contract, dude. You just go hang around Braun Strowman. So, <laughs> I think what it is with uh, Sammy Guevara, great match, by the way. Like Chris Jericho, that guy, he – say what you want, what you feel about whatever personal beliefs and whatnot. And yeah. also, shout-outs to his – Mass singer pro <laughs> the worst kept secret in mass singer yeah, history. Yeah. As soon as I heard, it, I was like, Oh, that's Jericho. And my mom was like, How do you know? You didn't even watch that show. And I'm like, it's a wrestler mob. Yeah. But um with uh Jericho, the guy, it seems like he always knows how to turn the clock back or really work with people. He does and just kind of prove people wrong. It's just like, oh, I'm not just that fat slob that looks like a mom that wrestles on Twitter. Like <laughs> it's not that anymore. The guy works <clears throat> and then Sammy Guevara. And I hate to do the WWE comparison. Sammy Guevara is what Dominic Mysterio thinks he is. Yes. Yes. Because it's like, it's like, oh, flippity do Like the guy will forever have, you know, spot of the year for taking the diamond cutter off of a rope, off of the ladder from Cody Rhodes. Yep. Like that was the last match Cody Rhodes on it had an AEW. And I'm just like, yep, that's it. Spot of the year. Yep. So the I guy knows how to move. Great theme song. Say what you want. The guy knows how to work where he maybe in real life he's a piece of shit. Who knows? Whatever. But I mean, the guy knows how to go. And I respect that. If you could wrestle and you do good, I'll buy into it. I'll say this. I've met Sammy randomly, not at a signing, at the post office. <laughs> he was cool as hell. He was cool as hell. I still get shit from that from, from Gwen, from my daughter. I still get shit from that. She goes, you met Sammy Guevara there. You didn't take me. It's like, you didn't want to go. You didn't want to go. <laughs> Come to Home Depot with me. We might run into Hacksaw Jim Duncan. <laughs> Go with the post office. Hey, you know what? You know what? We might we might run into somebody else at the post office. Like, Who's your favorite? Heath Slater? Heath Slater probably works there. Let's go. <laughs> he got kids, man. Yeah, kids. Keith Reigns, baby. <laughs> uh, oh man. He, he was cool. He like he was really cool. You know, uh he he talked a little bit. I uh, got maybe about two minutes out of him just talking. Really oh, cool wow. guy. Yeah, down to earth, uh, really chill guy. So I get. I, I think the only hate people have is because they still feel better that he got engaged and then he left that engagement for somebody else. Yeah, who cares? I mean, who yeah, cares? Personal life, whatever. Like you do what you do, and there's no malice there. I mean, um, those people don't matter in this relationship. Exactly, they don't matter. So next up uh, was one of the big. It was one of the many returns that people. We're hating on AEW for. And I remember reading like all of the comments uh, about this next match between Soraya and Britt Baker. People are like, oh, Tony Khan's a clown. He's letting her wrestle. She's not fully checked. WWE wouldn't uh, clear her. This and this, she's unsafe. You know, Britt Baker's in all this garbage. Um, I listen to podcasts. I work at, I work eight hours in an office. I have a, I have a office co-worker that I share a room with that loves to listen to the same 10 rock songs over and over and over again. So I listen to podcasts to drown out my sorrows. So I don't have to hear him. Okay. I listen to a lot of podcasts. 
But one of the things I listened to about two, two or three weeks ago was a Soraya interview. And what she said was that when Daniel Bryan came back, when Edge came back, she inquired about getting a test done to see if she can wrestle again. The WWE, their doctors, their physicians, they were all told to not test her. They were all told to not even give her the idea that she would get tested by them. So they were unwilling to do it. So when her contract expired, she got tested on her own and she was cleared. She said that she didn't just go to one doctor. She went to seven different doctors just to get a majority same opinion. Uh, she said there's only one doctor that's, that advised against her not doing it. But that one doctor, she said his experience in that uh, was still being looked at or being reviewed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But every other doctor that she visited gave her a passing test. They gave her all a passing test. And she was able to train. So she trained. She looked better than, she, than when she did on SmackDown. You know, the, you know, Paige here. Yeah. So... I thought I was okay. I thought her. I thought her. Her first match back was decent. Definitely a lot of ring rust. Oh yeah, definitely a lot of ring rust. But she was able to to work it. She was able to do it and finish it, and no injuries as far as I know of. So, what were your thoughts? So my thoughts on that was, as far as with the whole Paige Soraya situation. Mm-hmm. I think it was more like a PR thing because obviously, you know, as you know, leaks and everything, it's like, yeah, when you do a Google search, I mean, you know, you do the Google search. It's I, ca- I like to call it the China syndrome. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Where it's exactly. like, it's like, hey, listen, we know you could probably get a good redemption. You sure that you could work and do great. But listen, at the end of the day, it's all about PR and, you know, whatever it is. And it happens where I feel like. With AEW, it's more of an adult contemporary uh, fan base where it's like, I feel like the youngest AEW fan outside of like the kids would probably be like 14 year olds. So it's like attitude era almost, you know? So it's one of those things where it's like, oh, it is what it is. And it's that day of age in wrestling where now, you know, you got Paige Van Zandt and everyone posting their links and doing the great thing. So that's the great thing about Tony Khan. And then just going to, you know, different doctors instead of going to the doctor that says, hey, everybody. You know, she didn't have a Dr. Nick, so um, it's good. She did great. Uh, like you said, ring rust was a thing, but, you know, she's there. Even if it's like a quick mm-hmm. management for a scrum and quick filler, and I hate to use that word because it seems like it's a negative thing, but at the end of the day, enhancement talent and filler, yeah. you know, keeps yeah. the seats moving and whatnot. So she did good. I definitely it, give it to her. Yeah, she did good. Uh, again, she looked miles better than how she looked a few years ago on SmackDown. She looked healthier. She looked happier. Uh, and, you know, good for her. I mean, hopefully over time she'll, you know, kind of sandblast that rust off and, you know, be uh, who, we could, who we should have gotten uh, many years ago before uh, that injury. So good for her. Uh, next matchup, Triple Threat, which uh, honestly, I, I, was, I was a little interested to see this match just because Two out of three people I enjoy watching. I'm not a fan of Wardlow. Uh, what? I'm not. What? I'm what? Not. What? Why? Mm-hmm. Wardlow's the fucking... He's everything that Goldberg thinks he is, dude. I'm just not a fan of Wardlow. I, I'm just not. Uh, oh, dude, <clears> you gotta watch his videos, man. When he talks about his action figure, like, 
I listen, I wasn't big on him either, but when he talked about I have an action figure, I could only I'm like, oh, this guy's the fucking man and this big meaty man bumping me. I I'm a fan of Joe because TNA Mark from way back in the day. Um, I like Powerhouse Hobbs. For some reason, he just reminds me of like what if Debo became a professional wrestler? <laughs> he, he did. He, Debo was a professional wrestler. <laughs> but a good one. But a good one. And he could see straight. Come on, Craig. Come on, Craig. <laughs> but Listen. no, I mean, Powerhouse Hobbs, he looks intimidating as hell. And when you watch, when he would cameo in Ethan Page's toy hint videos, and you find out he's a big Captain Planet fan, that he's collecting Captain Planet toys. <laughs> I want him to be Captain Planet now. <laughs> and uh, when he used to wear the overalls, if you if you go back and watch those videos or the the TV bits when he wore the overalls, you would see a Captain Planet figure in the pocket, the front pocket. Yeah. No fucking way. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cobb's got me because he looks honestly he 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 looks scary as hell. He's yeah. a big dude, but he's super silly and goofy. And he's a toy collector. That's and, incredible. And I and I I wanted Hobbs to win. This is the one time I wanted Hobbs to win. Uh, and Joe won. That's great. Uh, it was cool to see Joe win again. I was really going for Hobbs, but overall oh, yeah. it was it was a fun match to see big guys beat the hell out of each other. It was fun, um, but I was really going for Hobbs. So what'd you think? Oh, dude, the match was great. I uh, didn't have any slow spots or anything like that. It did um, not. Big meaty man bumping me, always great. <laughs> um, it, you know what it is? It was a good match, and the outcome was definitely unexpected because I'm sitting here, I'm just like, oh, Joe's gonna get squashed. They're gonna, and then it's just like, hey, I ain't the only Simone with two titles. Like, it's it's a, it was good. I was happy. It was a swerve. Uh, maybe they're setting up Wardlow versus. Uh, we'll we'll go down that line later. Yeah. But I think that's probably the end game at that point. But it's it's looking good. I was very happy with the outcome. The match was definitely one of my favorite matches on the card, to say the least, because I was on my second break at that time. So it was good. I actually got to enjoy it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, big guys big guys beating the hell out of each other. Big slopper knocker. Yeah, I still wanted Hobbs to win. But it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So... Yeah, nothing to hate, nothing to to praise. Indifferent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So next up, we have uh, Sting and Darby Allen versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, or AKA <clears throat> the TNA match plus Darby. <laughs> uh, I thought this match was fun. I know people still give shit on Sting for competing uh, <clears throat> and his age. But, I mean, the people complaining are the same people who praise the Undertaker for wrestling once a year for, like, the last eight years. So, if Sting can still go for his age and still get up in the morning the next day to do it and show up versus a guy who does a match and then disappears for eight months to show up again for promos and disappears for two months and then shows up for a match, I'm all for it if he can, still, if he can do it. I didn't like this match. I'll you didn't like it? No, I'm just... I listen when it comes to Sting and Darby. Mm-hmm. You ever listen to The Offspring? Yes, I do. You got to keep them separated. I, I just separate <laughs> them. That's it. Like just. Do you think the uh, the marriage is run its course for that one? It's it's too. It's hey dad, can I wrestle with you? Yeah, sure thing, bud. It's like you know Darby got to be fighting for the All Atlantic title or 
or something, man, because it's like, dude, like I feel like AEW's missing those more lights out matches, and I feel like Darby. And granted, I understand this. This is kind of like he's probably working hurt for all that we know, but like I want to <coughs> see Darby extend himself a little more than you know playing. Sec- I feel like it's been a year. Like, why don't you put him against Miro in some type of feud? Because Miro is true, true. just sitting at home collecting dust with his hot wife. Didn't he drop the belt to Miro? Yes, yes, he did. So, well, I mean, Miro was coming back and doing that gimmick or, or doing that the feud he had with uh, Al, uh, Malachi Black until Malachi wanted to take some time off. So yeah. now that, well, we'll get to that. But he <laughs> Miro can come back now. He can come back now due to uh, recent storylines. Yeah, I hope um, so. <clears throat> I can see that happening. But Sting and Darby, I enjoyed that match because... I mean, I remember the days when Jeff Jarrett was the champion of TNA and he was the the writer. And whenever Jeff Jarrett was in charge, yes, he booked himself to win the belt. But at the same time, he built up people around him to make the whole company look better. He put a a lot of emphasis on the X division, put a lot of emphasis on the women's division. He put a lot of emphasis on the tag team division whenever he was doing that. When Anthem took over and Hogan took over and all the other people that took over it, it went downhill. I'll just be honest, it went downhill. Yeah, but but when he was in charge, <clears throat> we had comedy parts, we had serious parts, we had America's Most Wanted destroying Team 3D left and right. It was good. It was good. When they brought Hogan in, that's when they kind of peaked. I'm like, oh, it when was a good run. I, when I think of Jeff Jarrett, I just can't think of help but think of when uh, Samoa Joe didn't sign that contract. Kurt Angle came in, and then Jeff Jarrett just steals the title and he just scurries across yeah. the screen. <laughs> Yep, I remember that. I, I remember that. But this match, it was fun to see, you know, Darby and uh, Jay Lethal with like Sting and Jeff Jarrett kind of filling time. Uh, my only complaint is that why was just Jeff Jarrett, uh, you know, dressed like a can of a uh, Mountain Dew Code Red whenever he was been whenever he's been wearing nothing but black before the match? He, like he's, you know, he looks like you know the 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 black cowboy from Halloween five and six. Oh yes. Yes. Movies that I have enjoyed thoroughly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, you know how to tie it all together. My I do. Man. I try. Horror oh, movies dude. are my thing. Horror movies oh, are my thing. Listen, I love those movies. Um, yeah, it's, it's very true. It was, yeah. You know what? Now seeing it through the TNA lens, I might have a second watch and catch it online or something. It was a very TNA styled match. And I know Jared, Jared and Sting helped put that match together to really showcase Lethal versus Lethal versus uh, Allen. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I, I I enjoy Jeff Jarrett's involvement because he does have the eye to write good wrestling. He does have the eye to write good matches. And if they're bringing in Jeff Jarrett to help with matches, and they're bringing they're letting Sting work more behind the scenes. And we're getting Billy Gunn working behind the scenes. And I think Jake Roberts is now working behind the scenes a little bit more, too, with promos. Let it happen. Let it happen. Wealth of knowledge. Wealth of knowledge. You might not like Jeff Jarrett. You might not like whatever he's been from. But the guy has a wealth of knowledge that he, whenever he works a match that he's not a part of, the match is usually entertaining. So yeah. uh, I'll just say that for that one with that. And then next up, we have a. Uh, Probably one of the biggest uh, pops of the night besides uh, the elite coming back. And that was a Jamie Hader versus a uh, Tony storm. 
that outcome, I didn't expect it. You didn't? No, I I, th- I thought she was going to retain and they were going to, you know, run back the whole Thunder Rosa thing. And, you know, now I could say this because, you know, yeah. as we were doing this on a Wednesday night. And if you listen this far enough, I appreciate it. She is now officially the women's AEW champion, yes. not interim. Th- and Tony Storm, I know she's somewhere just punching a wall right now because it's like <laughs> she's like are you fucking serious like yeah which you know i get it whatever backstage politics is going on you know it that's is what true. it is that's true i was very surprised that they were re- really high on hater because i thought they were going to set it up where you know Britt baker screwed her over and then it was just like oh well you, th- well, you know that's coming that's going to come yeah because of Britt break Britt baker's uh, character current character um i mean i i knew she, Hater was going to get it because of the crowd reaction. And Tony, ever since he messed up with not giving the acclaim the belts the last pay per view mm-hmm. and giving the belts, I think two, three weeks later, yeah, uh, he's not going to make the same mistake twice. And so he, I know he heard the crowd reaction with Hater. I know he heard the crowd reactions leading up to this match. Hater was getting the belt. The, the, oh, the, yeah. And the, 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 there, there was no way that he wasn't going to do that. So it happened. I'm glad it happened. Um, it, it was a good match. It was a brawl, technicality, some flying here and there. But overall, it was a it was a decent match. Uh, my only complaint with this, my or take it back. One of my big complaints with this match are the punches. For some reason, Tony Storm, she can't throw a punch anymore. She she like pulls her punches way too early. And I know people will use that gif of like, you know. The extra from the Dark Order, like punching um, yeah. Dustin Rhodes and yeah. not hitting him. That's what Tony Storm has become. She's become that gif where she, when she throws a punch, she pulls really early and nothing connects. It's, I, it's like it's like Riho's fighting. I I think what it is is more of the whole. I don't want to say stigma, but the whole air of all oh, these women don't know how to work. It's botchamania week after week. She's probably holding her punches because she's afraid, or yeah. maybe some maybe someone said, "Hey, why are you throwing your punches this way? Throw it this way." You know, when you change your routine, it's like, "Oh fuck!" Like I gotta. Yeah, and, and from what from what I've heard is that pulling punches or throwing the wrong punches is what is what kind of what got Thunder Rosa in trouble with Britt Baker, and someone needs to. I I don't want to say someone needs to go in there and train the women, but have somebody show up to help perfect the punches with the women to where they're, 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 they're doing it correctly or doing it not correctly, but doing it on a look that seems uh, realistic. I know just the guy, Steven Seagal. Okay. We want somebody, we want somebody to throw punches, not, you know, <laughs> throw food. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, 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 I could just see Will Sasso coming in and just running up walls. <laughs> you sit here. I go with your punch. Oh, all right. <laughs> Not, Kick the uh, wall. If anything, and no, no slate or no shade towards hater. I think, and honestly, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think if Statlander wasn't injured, this would have been Statlander's moment. I'm sure it would have been. I'm sure it would have been. <clears throat> uh, she. Every time Statlander gets to that level of almost getting the belt or getting the title match. The ghost of Kevin Nash says, Hey, <laughs> you want to yeah. see how you throw a quad? Watch this. 
pretty much. It's just <clears> the force ghost of Kevin Nash. Hey, what are you doing? Ah, <laughs> oh, it's it's crazy, and um, it's it's gonna be interesting where they go from there. It is. As, it will be because I know. I mean, we already know what's gonna happen. It's gonna be Britt Baker yeah. probably taking the belt off of her. Britt Baker holds it for a few more months. Uh, Statlander takes it off of her. Statlander's big shit, and then Jade Cargill comes in, and but we don't know because. The thing is, Jade's the TV. If the TBS title wasn't invented, she'd still be doing promos with Shaq. I'm sorry. Yeah. True. That so, is true. So it elevated her, and we'll see from there. Very much true. So next match we got, and we're almost done with these matches. <laughs> so next match we got is that we have the Acclaim versus Swerve in Our Glory. Oh shit! Round, yeah, that's right. Round, round number three. Round number three. Um, again. I, I know I said in the past we did when you covered the AEW pay-per-view, Swerve is so good. Swerve is scarily good. He is just that he, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Uh Keith Lee has gotten better. I know when he I know when he left NXT, he wasn't himself. When he no. first joined AEW, he wasn't himself. I think. In the most recent months, Keith Lee has started has slowly gone back to the way he used to be. He's gotten back into that shape. He's gotten back into that person who has something to prove. And yeah. I think yeah. it's to him chasing the belt, which makes him work harder. I think so. And then also, I mean, as if you know, you know, Keith Lee's personal life, I mean, he he, yeah. he didn't have an easy way to the to the even to get to the show. No. And then obviously, you know, with his trainer and his muse, you know, dying and then, you know, losing family members to COVID and then yeah. catching COVID and then dealing with the ramifications from that and then mental health issues from, you know, because that's the thing that once he got into the main roster, WWE was just kind of like, hey, we're going to do this for you. And he's he's such an intellectual guy. And that's, you know, evident yeah. by his vocabulary and by the way he carries himself. He knows that if he's not getting put. 110 percent behind him he's not going to give 110 percent with him doing that he yeah. might as well shut down <clears throat> i i think with keith lee he suffers the same issues in wwe that that brody lee did where he looks a certain way but he but his personality is the complete opposite and i know with brody lee whenever he was luke harper they wanted him to be this you know red neck hillbilly kind of swamp rat type character but he's so well-spoken that it didn't fit. Keith Lee is a big dude who shouldn't move the way he does. And he talks with, you know, that higher intelligence with big vocabulary. So it doesn't fit with what WD wanted him. What, what, okay. Let, no, no. With what Vince wanted him to be. Didn't fit. He's wrestling Neil deGrasse Tyson. That's yes. literally that like, like wh whenever I cross a plane of existence and they say, Hey, do you want Morgan Freeman? Do you want so-and-so? I'm like, no, I want Keith Lee. Like I want the <laughs> voice of God to be like, hello, how's it going? And it's, and it's crazy that you brought up Brody Lee. Cause the other day, like he, he was one of my favorites and mm -hmm. he was such a, like one of, whenever I'm in the shitty mood and I'm sure you've seen this video where he goes, Hey, you know, you're going on the road, you're going to Japan and you're trying to talk to people and you don't know sign language. What kind of sign language does it, do you use? And he goes like this and he goes, what's that mean? And he goes, it means fuck you. <laughs> oh God. Recipes, uh, Brody, man. I, I love that guy, man. If, if, if I want to watch a good Brody Lee video, I'll watch that BTE section <laughs> with uh, Sue 
when Sue drops dinner off for the the Dark Order, <laughs> and that whole bit because you, you could tell he's trying not to break character. He's trying to work with Sue, who can't throw paper, and the rest of the Dark Order are trying to not laugh and break character. And it's it's just so much fun. It's just a lot of fun. I, but, I throw paper the same way at my office when I walk <laughs> in the door. I just like I do that. And I'm just like that's for you, Brody. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I, I see Keith Lee the same way as Brody Lee. People who came from Vince who were booked a certain way based on their looks instead of their personalities and what they could bring. And uh, now that Triple H is back in charge. And with Keith Lee, kind of, you hear things and you don't want to know it's true. I'm, I can see Keith Lee going back to Triple H's WWE uh, and being happier over there, especially with his wife over there now. I see that happening. Um, but with this match, to kind of get back to the match, um, it was really good. It was a lot of fun. whole bunch of false finishes, which, you know, with these workers, it was expected. Uh, you know, Swerve bringing out the, the bolt cutters, the cutoff fingers. To, to kill the scissoring yeah, and, then Billy, cool. and then Billy ass running out there saving it. I mean, this match had a lot of mixed emotions and feelings throughout the entire thing. They told the story and I enjoyed it. I enjoy it. The acclaim is so over. Billy Gunn has never been this over since his DX days. Even then he was still overshadowed by road dog. Billy Gunn is living the best popular life as he's doing right now. And, and it's with the acclaim. And uh, this match was was a lot of fun to watch. I enjoyed it. Um, had fun, you know, watching it again when my kids wanted to watch it again. And yeah, what you th- what do you think, Billy? Gun- you ever watched the show Entourage? No. Oh, really? Wow. No. Nope. Well, well, uh, well, for my Entourage fans out there, <laughs> B- Billy Gunn is the Johnny drama of this, you know, Entourage. Like the acclaimed are. They exceeded expectations because I'll be honest with you. When I first seen them come out, I'm just like, oh, look at these cornballs. And then they started doing the <laughs> scissor me. And I'm like, oh, this, that's pretty funny. And then it's just like, yo, when are they going to give these guys the belts? And it was just <laughs> like, it was like, whoa, you know, voodoo magic has worked. And they're, they're super over. I mean, like, whenever I go to an AEW <laughs> show, I'm at a wrestling show, I'm just like, like even with my boss, I'm like, hey, sis, for me, like I know that's an HR issue, but I'm just like, yeah. no, no, it's it's wrestling related. Trust me. I I have been in a fan of the acclaimed, uh, early on when they first started doing the rap, uh, to the point to where whenever they start showing up at pay per views, I'm like, I would tell people, shut the fuck up. I will punch people if you don't shut up, so I can hear the rap, and people listen. And then now all the um, all you know all of our effort and circle, they're all everybody's an acclaimed fan now. They're all acclaimed fans. But I remember like watching those dark matches and sharing the dark match raps in our group chats, and they're all like, uh, this is okay. I'm like, bitch, please. This is this is hilarious. And then finally, you know, now they're all uh fans of the acclaimed. Scissor me, daddy. And well, here the thing is that my kids like the acclaimed as well. And <laughs> I, I'm I'm having like flashbacks of the of my youth in DX days where you go <laughs> yeah. to school and you're doing the things that you learn from wrestling. And it's not what you think the teacher should be seeing. Uh, so, I, oh no, because I remember like when DX came out, I would go to school because I, I was in high school whenever they came out, and I would tell people and everything, I would tell them, suck it, and I'll do the, do the crotch chop and all that. Now, you've got kids running around, scissor me, daddy. I'm like, oh no, 
no. It's like it's like it's like, oh, how does it feel to be on the other side now? Yeah. Now. <laughs> oh, how the turn have tables. Oh yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's but they're fun, they're entertaining. Uh god man, they're they're, they're so hilarious with the raps. But great match. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I like heel swerve more than face swerve. Really enjoy heel swerve. Uh, and I want to see Swerve and Keith Lee have some matches against each other because I think that would be great. Oh, if- dude, that in in the promo too, <clears throat> got the malarkey and just even tonight on on Dynamite when they they just covered the camera and they're like, oh, so what do you want to talk about? I'm like, that's how you fucking do it. That's how you do it. That's how you set it up. So leaving that match, the main event, <clears throat> uh, MJF versus John Moxley. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody knew. Who was going to win this match? We had speculations of how it was going to win too. I know at work, I talked to the other coworker I have that's a big wrestling fan. We're like, I'm like, either A, Regal's going to Regal's going to slide uh, MJF the brass knucks, and and MJF is going to win, or B, Regal's going to slide MJF the brass knucks. Moxley catches it from him, wins, and we have tension between Mox and uh, and Regal. I thought that was going to happen, or even with Wardlow dropping the belt. I thought something was like, I thought Wardlow was just going to come back and be like, yeah. oh, let me help. But it was done at first, Lisley. It was very, like, it was it was expected, but it was like, no, nah, they're not going to do that. Like, it's like with other shows when they're, they're booking them, you're thinking, no, nah, they're going to go this way, and then it goes yeah. the other way. It's like, no, they actually did it. So they, they did it. They pulled the trigger. So, I mean, what does that do for the BCC? Well, that's different terminology, but still what they do with that group. <laughs> yeah. Um, what happens? And even tonight on Dynamite, that wasn't answered. That technically was not answered at all. So uh, it's a big kind of open-ended story that <clears throat> still needs some uh, further uh, I guess episodes to cover. But for the match itself, it was great. We got brawling. We got, you know false finishes we got you know a lot of things that were definitely needed for this match and props to regal for keeping the same eating war mega sour warheads face the entire match and not giving away anything just and until the very end you know big props for him for doing that because that's he looked in the corner and it looks like regal has popped another warheads or another sour apple candy in his mouth and <laughs> he's got that he's got that that look so props to him. I, I enjoyed it. It was probably match of the night, second only to the six man tag for me. So it was match of the night for me. It was, it was? yeah, no, it was good because I was like, finally, it's the crown of achievements. Like, where the hell was this when he was cutting the promos? You know, where it was like almost like a presidential thing with Orange Cassidy, but yeah. like timing is everything. It is timing. Uh, he. And just the the post-media show where he was just Oh, my gosh. That was awesome. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Like, incredible. It was – and it could only go up from here because I think the way things are going to go, as far as MJF, uh, I think it's going to be him versus Ricky Starks. That's kind of going to be like a couple month things. It is. Yeah, I think, but – And then I think they set up – is mm-hmm. Ricky Starks is Ricky Starks ready to do pr- promo battle against MJF? That's, That's the biggest thing. Oh, dude. Uh, 
the guy's the hottest thing on the stick. Like he, you don't even know what to do because it's like he 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 another another thing of his immense talent is he he treads the line between reality. It's like yeah. does he really feel this way or is he really like? And he could he could go off mic because he's he's done it before. It's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? And it's like no, and even tonight too, like just not showing up. It's like, oh, that's a real scumbag thing. But it's like I get it, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, I I was. I I wanted MJF to win because I want Mox to take his vacation. Mox deserves his vacation. We all know the story about that. Um. And again, I wanted Ethan Page to win because the promos that Ethan Page has been cutting lately are good. Oh, he's always been, he's he's been great they're, the whole time. Yeah, he's been great the whole time, but his promos recently have been have been more emotional. They're more of him. Ricky Starks just feels like he's cutting a promo that was handed to him a little bit that he kind of improvised. I get that feeling from him. Yeah. So when you're doing a promo battle, I feel that Ricky Starks is just going to get destroyed promoly, and he'll put on a decent match because Ricky Starks is good. But for the long haul, Ethan Page's thing is the was the choice to go with, and that didn't happen yeah. after tonight. But this match, uh, MJF versus Mox, great match. Yeah, match second match of the night for me behind the six man. Uh, which and it was a great way to close out the pay per view. It was a good match to close out the pay per view. Uh, yeah. It's only up from here, honestly, because you know, it's if the CM Punk thing, you know what, say what you want, say what you will. If it's true, if it's not true, you got that mm-hmm. on the back burner, and then you have him and Wardlow. Or yeah. it's it's in the thing is you could pair him up with just about anybody. It's just a matter of if he if they could hold the stick against him. Because honestly, man. MJF can like he could turn the crowd like he said he's yeah. like, oh you believe me sympathy yeah. for the devil you know you think I love this guy sorry you know yeah. grow up it's just like wow it's like but it, oh, you know piece it, of shit but he's right yeah and it's also one of the few pay per view or one of the pay per views in a long time that actually had a good ending that didn't end on a botch or didn't end on backstage politics or didn't end on a sour note I mean all out great pay per view until the media scrum. With all that, the fallout that happened with that, oh, the, yeah. paper, the pay-per-view before that, MJF not showing up to his meet and greets overshadowed his match with Wardlow with that. And it was a squash. Yeah, and it was a squash. Um, and then even before that, you had like the, the death matches, you know, where or Jericho falling off the, the cage to uh, what linoleum paneling on the ramp yeah. that they showed in the camera. So this was the first pay-per-view where it ended on a high note where there wasn't a mess up. There wasn't a camera flub. There wasn't any of that. It was a good pay-per-view. It was a fun pay-per-view. So uh, it reminded me a lot of Cash of the Castle. Uh, Clash of the Castle was a fun pay-per-view. I enjoyed most of it. Uh, you know, I have high hopes for a Survivor Series, and we'll see how that goes. I'll be I mean, in the building, so I might be. Oh, you'll be in the building? Oh, I'm going to be. Yeah, it's in my backyard, man. I'll oh. be in Boston. I'll be. Oh, dude, I, I can't wait until I'm there because this, this is my first ever War Games. This is my first ever pay-per-view. Like, nice. And to say that, Regal just walked off. He said, I want you to run far away, real, real far away. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow he finagled a, hey, I know I'm technically a free agent because my year is up with AEW. Mm-hmm. I just need 30 seconds to go to Boston. <laughs> and to just say, say War Games. 
Oh, dude, if he says that, I oh, bottom left uh, in person, like you know, you know what you have to do when you get there. Uh, shoot, shoot me pictures of the the shirt so I can send you PayPal money for a shirt. <laughs> you get that PayPal uh, money. <laughs> oh, I see. I never make it to the merch stands. I'm always like, oh, it's it's always. Oh, the garden is the worst. Though. I will say that because I went there for a SmackDown. It was bad. Yeah, but they usually with the pay-per-views, they usually incorporate like the local uh, flavor for their um, pay-per-view oh. merch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, see. I got the uh, when the Royal Rumble when we had the Edge Royal Rumble, Edge Return Royal Rumble, they they were selling Houston Astros Royal Rumble shirts. Oh that, damn, I didn't know they do that, that. that. They actually had the Astros logo on the Royal Rumble shirt. Oh damn, that's when cool. we had Survivor Series here at the Toyota Center which is the Rockets play area. They had, they had red survivor series shirts with the Rockets logo on it. Ooh. So because you're in Boston, depending on what venue they're at, Celtics, uh, Red Patriots, Sox Patriots, Patri- you know, you have your choice. Red Sox. Oh, I definitely got you. Oh dude, if I could get a Celtic green Shotzi Blackheart shirt. Oh, that'd be awesome. Hey, they might have it. They uh, might have it there. But, um, but uh, yeah, that was full gear. <laughs> that was full gear. I mean, overall, uh, I would give it seven and a half out of ten. Seven. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, just some match endings I would have changed for certain people, but I had fun watching, and I had fun watching it with my kids. They they really enjoyed it. So this is the first pay per view where they've wanted to watch it over again the next day. So that says something to me that they're enjoying it. So. It's stupid, you know. Yet, you know, their characters—they they love the elite. They love Orange Cassidy. They love—they loved Evil Downhausen. They thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I'm just like, yeah, he's going through his hot topic phase right now. But <laughs> they loved it. It was great. So that's my thing. I mean, so what's your overall review of the show? Yeah, I would say like about a seven, seven and a half. If I saw it on a bigger screen and I was more focused, mm-hmm. I think it would have been higher. Other okay. than that. Other than that, it was good for you know what see, seeing in the background and flashes and just looking back. And I tell you, the elite knows how to troll because tonight <laughs> on Dynamite, man. Oh, so let's okay, let's talk about that match from, from Dynamite tonight. Let's just talk about that one because yeah, 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 time constraints and everything. So tonight's Dynamite was filmed in Chicago, the home of CM Punk, the city of CM Punk, and there's speculation. Are they going to boo him? Are they going to cheer them? You know, what's going to happen? Because we saw in New Jersey, a big F-U-C-M punk chant happened. It happened. Tonight, they're in Chicago. CM Punk's hometown. The second Wayward Son starts playing, they are booed. They're heavily booed on the way to the ring. When they're introducing the champions, you can hear CM Punk chants the entire time. They're, they're chanting it the entire time. So <clears throat> if you're supposed to be baby faces and you're supposed to, you know, this is your comeback. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that hate? You troll. <laughs> but how do you troll in a match? How do you do that? Simple. You start imitating the moves of the person that this city is saving or wanting to come back. And how do you do that? Oh boy. So. I caught some things that because we, we were texting back and forth yeah. when this was happening. So I caught some things. You caught some things. So here's what happened. Here's, here's what I caught. When when uh, Matt Jackson did the, uh, I think he did like a suplex outside the ring. 
and he got into this the the sitting position, which is Punk's pipe bomb position. I didn't see did, that. Yeah, and he rolled into the sitting position that Punk would do when he did the pipe bomb, and he did the praying hands. I'm like, oh shit, that's a troll move. Uh, Kenny Omega doing the go to sleep hand gesture during the middle of the match. That's a troll move to get the crowd hyped. Um, the biggest one I saw, the biggest one I saw, uh, Kenny Omega has Pac's arm and he's doing like an arm drag and he goes and starts biting his arm like around the forearm to imitate what a steel did to him. That's a troll move. Cause everybody's, everybody's reacting. So what did you catch? So I, I caught, I caught the bite. Um, I didn't catch <clears throat> the, the cross. Uh, obviously the obvious one was the GTS. Yeah, the GTS. Which he hit it incredible. And when he was holding, he's like, Oh, you know that the classic <laughs> the, that's that's what I love about it. Just the classic Kenny, the oh, what am I doing? Whatever like yeah. And you know, I know we're here for time constraints, but the whole video of him, my favorite troll job is him running a register because he's like, Oh, you can't target. target. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Oh, dude. Anytime I, I start my trainings for my new employees, uh-huh. I show them that video. I'm like, this is how you do it. But <laughs> but the oh, one thing Yeah, like, well, even even the botched uh the, the buckshot lariat. Yeah, they're making that... fun of funk. Oh man. And I was just like, these guys and the fact that they kept the song, Wayward Son. So I don't yeah. know if this is, you know, like whoever they know how to contact these 70s bands because you got um jefferson starship with uh um jane jane, jane yeah. which i was there in worcester when they first premiered it so that was incredible to hear in person mm-hmm. and in that way where it's done so it's it's <laughs> i know they don't want to make a cm punk versus this and that but it's like them boys know what they're doing they're like you know what you're gonna give they us do. this we're gonna give it back to you they do so yeah that happened tonight it was hilarious i laughed yeah i i've checked social media and there's so many people this is why elite's going to go out of business this is why these are these are nothing but gymnastic uh kids calling them kids calling them you know the company's going to go under all that mess i'm like you didn't get the joke you didn't see the joke what they were doing it was i found it hilarious look i'm a cm punk fan i am i'm an elite fan i enjoy both of them i also know how to laugh i also know how to have fun with it does anybody remember what happened with Edge and Lita and Matt Hardy? That whole thing? And they lived through that? Edge was doing Hardy symbols. He was doing the gun symbols. He was doing leg drops. He was doing twists of fates. All while Matt was gone. Doing the exact same thing that the elite are doing about punk. Exact same thing. Different timelines now. Different timelines, different companies. But that's what was happening. Does anybody remember what punk did? When Jeff Hardy was off the sh- was off the the company because of uh, his abuse and his uh, drug abuse and everything, Punk did the same thing to him. The hand signals, the twist of fates, you know, the face paint, all of that. He made fun of him. But now he can't take a joke the other way around. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's you know what? It's all fun and games till you're on the other side of it. But that's the beauty in pro wrestling because beefs aren't ever forever yeah. unless you're the Iron Sheik, which you know. Yeah. Fuck the Hulk Hogan. But um, or New Jack or New Jack. Or, or, exactly. So or New Jack. You take but, that to the grave. <laughs> exactly. Other than that, I, I'm liking what the desideration of the Bucks are doing. And you know, hate yeah. it, love it, that you're still talking about it, and that's what they want. I I can't wait to see the Elite Ice Cream Bar t-shirts that they're gonna come out soon. Because oh shit. Just to throw salt into that. To that Chicago wound, but I mean, to end this, to end this part of it, 
they went from getting booed out of the building when they entered that match to getting this is awesome chance and people clapping and people even starting chanting FCM Punk in Chicago. That happened. That happened. And to be able to turn the tide of that with your audience, that's a smart way of doing it. That's a genius way of doing it. Oh, so it's props. a masterclass. It, you know, props. and props. and I hated the Bucks at one point, but after seeing that cage match with uh, Death Triangle last year, yes. I was like, I was like, all yeah. right, these guys are these guys are the truth. They are. Uh, I I became a fan of the Bucks whenever I saw them go up against Rapongi 3K on Wrestle Kingdom, the one that had Jericho versus Omega. Uh, oh, yeah. I watched that and th- them versus Rapongi 3K. So good. So good, Matt. It's such a good match. It's funny so, that you mentioned Kenny Omega and New Japan because yeah, that fucking promo, man. Yeah, yeah. true, true. And the, and his Japanese is. He said, "Oh, I'm gonna show you how to really do this." The best belt machine versus the Billy Goat. So it's it's gonna happen. Oh, and then I can't wait. So, and then uh, was it Carl Anderson's gonna work New Japan as well too? So hey, forbidden doors. Are slowly creeping. It's slowly creeping. But speaking of forbidden doors, this week we have Thanksgiving. And one thing about Thanksgiving, we have food, we have family. But for most of us, we have alcohol and movies to watch to forget the family that just visited. (laughs) So to kind of wrap things up, to kind of taper down this episode, um, what are some of the movies that you enjoy during Thanksgiving that you like to watch? I know there's not a lot of Thanksgiving movies that are out there. There are some, not a lot, but what are some that uh, you know of that you like to, that, that you enjoy to watch? I actually have five. You got five? I got five too. And you better not look at my social media to get those five. Nope. My, my <laughs> five, I'll say them right now. Rocky one, Rocky two, Rocky three, <laughs> Rocky four. Oh, you son of a bitch. Oh, just... you son of a bitch. <laughs> No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, one, the first one I will say is any of the Rocky movies, you can literally turn on the TV anytime, whether if it's true. Spike, oh, I'm sorry, uh, TN, I, I'm sorry, Paramount Network. <laughs> Spike, I remember Spike TV. The TV show for men. Oh, God, what a time. That's another Stripperella. episode for another day. Stripperella. Listen, that was made a Stanley property. It was. Um, he was standing properly, too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Rocky, Rocky, any of the Rockies one through five mm-hmm. for the first one, man. That's it's a Thanksgiving staple when you're in that turkey coma. It is. And you hear it hearts is. on fire. It's like, I'm ready for that pecan <laughs> pie. I didn't hear no bell. That's true. So I posted a, I posted this list and this was kind of spawned this moment. This uh, section for this episode was I posted this list earlier this week. And I just listed five movies, just five generic movies. And I got so much response like, oh, how come this movie isn't there? How come this movie isn't there? How come we didn't miss this, this movie? And I'm like, I just barely listed five that are random. I, I'm hmm. not going to go through and list the entire movie catalog of movies that happened during Thanksgiving. Just ones that I know off the top of my head. That's it. So if you've, if you've heard of this one, you know, tell, you can tell me your thoughts of it. If you haven't heard of this title, just say, hey, where can I watch it? And or I'll, I'll, I'll kind of explain that one. For me, the obvious choice, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's a classic. You know, John Candy, uh, Steve Martin. Yeah, yep. Steve Martin. Uh, I, I wanted to say Steve Downs again, and it's not him. Um, Steve Martin, John Candy, great comedy movie. Uh, 
so much so much fun those aren't pillows <laughs> uh that one uh, i i enjoy watching that one i believe you can watch that one on either paramount or on peacock or on it hbo on, it's on I one of the streaming sites it is on one of the streaming sites so that's one of you my favorite holiday movies uh next up another classic this one is probably one of the few movies that were that was centered around thanksgiving and that's the son-in-law with paulie shore oh fuck that's on my list that's on your list that's on my list that oh paulie shore you are a gem i love crawl his name was crawl <laughs> yeah what kind of name is that uh but yeah that that i mean and also we got uh we got kelly kapowski with the short hair in that movie too yeah so, we definitely did uh the movie that most people probably forgot because it bombed at the box office, but the movie Dutch with Ed O'Neill or Al Bundy at the time. No, uh, I've never seen that one. I probably saw it like on cable at some point, but no, it's, it, it's a dark, it's a more of a darker comedy. It's, I mean, it's got some funny elements to it. Basically a father uh, spending time with, I believe a stepson uh, to try to, you know, the bonding experience type movie. Um, it's very hard to find on Blu-ray and DVD if you can find it, uh, or if you have a regional or if you have a region-free player. But it is worth a watch. I enjoyed it. I need to get it on DVD. I really do, uh, because I'm a horror fan. I've got to throw some horror movies in here. Okay. The obvious choice. Oh God. Thanks, killing. <laughs> That's the obvious choice. You just been stuffed. <laughs> and it's and it's sequel. That didn't want to have a part two that skipped right to the or that skipped right to the trilogy, Thanks Killing Part Three. So yeah, there's only oh, one, there's only one in three. They skipped the second sequel. See, this is in the same realm as Jack Frost because <laughs> the other night, or not the other night, a few months ago, I was just like, I was literally messing with you, like, is this what happens? No, there's no way. And then I saw the second one. So that's <laughs> and the then, killer snowballs in the Tropic Island. Oh, oh my, my god. god. <laughs> It's it that's it that movie's it's it's, it's insane. <laughs> but yeah, Thanksgiving is mutant turkey killing people. And then the pro the, the reason for the third one is because they were so evil that they didn't want to do a sequel. They wanted to do a trilogy, but with only two movies. So they skipped to part three. How does uh, that make sense? It doesn't, but it works for this movie series. It works. So just go with it. <clears throat> and my final movie, it was on Netflix. They took it off recently. Don't know why. I look for a DVD. There isn't one. I look for a Blu-ray. There isn't one. I look to see if there's anyone getting released. It is not. But this was on Netflix for a while. The movie's called Christy. K-R-I-S-T-Y. <clears throat> it is about a group of slashers or a group of murderers that stalk a girl at her uh, dorm during Thanksgiving uh, week when everybody else has left home, her and her roommate have stayed up at school and a group of killers have come to get them. Hmm. It is really good. It's in the same kind of realm as the movie hush, which is, which is still on Netflix. Uh, but it's a good movie. If you can find it, watch it. A lot of fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. And those are my picks. Uh, is, were there any on the ones that I didn't mention that uh, you want to recommend? Yeah, so uh, outside of the son-in-law, uh, let me pull up my list here. So Rocky, obviously. Um, the Blind Side. Really? Yes, the Michael Orr story. Um, that's Thanksgiving that's, movie. That's been on cable recently, too. Yeah, that one's good. Um, 
coming to America, I, I always I always see that on Thanksgiving or Christmas. Okay. So that one's one of my personal favorites. And then the other one, which I'm surprised you didn't mention, but it does have a Thanksgiving scene in it, and I consider it a Thanksgiving movie. And there is a Macy's Thanksgiving parade in it. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. Spider-Man. I yeah. <laughs> the only reason why I didn't say that was because they kind of um they go through so many of the holidays that like they go from high school through to college and the Thanksgiving scene does happen. Uh, it's still fun to watch. I know Spider-Man's been playing recently on a uh, cable again because of that scene. Same with another movie that, that wasn't mentioned that I've been told to list because of a scene that happens, even though it doesn't happen in November, Adam's family values. They have a Thanksgiving that scene. Too. That's a th- They have a Thanksgiving scene that happens during the summer. <laughs> so but it happens though uh with wednesday adams playing pocahontas so oh yeah <clears throat> so in closing i will say this because this is something part of the poly shore universe multiverse whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it so have you ever seen the movie encino man yes i have we's in the jews so we have poly shore yeah and link okay cool fine whatever and son-in-law during the party. <laughs> I know what you're getting at. There's a party scene where probably sure is dressed as like the fruit lady and whatnot. Yeah. And he introduces fire to a link light character, which is played by Brendan Fraser. Yep. Now the third one mm-hmm. in the army. Now there's a scene where they're in the mess hall. Okay. There's this big dude walking by. I think they're eating frog legs. I haven't seen it in years. And they sit down, and if you pause it and look for it, his name on his jacket says Link. You know, that would be the only reason for me to watch that movie again. Because I watched it, I think, twice, and I have no reason to ever watch it again. But now I'll watch it just to see that kind of Oh, you'll see it. It, It's not too far in, and, you know, dude, it has hot babes. (laughs) It does. You know, it's all about the nugs. It definitely does. Even Cino Man, it's it is great. And Cino Man is great. In the army now, happened. Biodome, great. Sure, why not? Hey, you gotta hit a tribal. <laughs> you gotta hit a tribal every once in a. And also that. Well, that okay, okay. Listen, Bio, listen. Biodome is an okay movie, but I don't have the foot fetish like Joe Pisano does, but like that movie <laughs> has. Okay, with them biting the toes of each other's toenails off of each other's feet. That's oh, not me. I know what I'm gonna. <laughs> that's not me. Oh, uh, that's funny. So, but yeah. So uh, if you made it this far, you know, thank you for listening, and hopefully you're watching the movies that we uh, suggested. I think another one that people suggested me that I'd say is Blood. The movie it's a horror movie called Blood Rage, which also had like five other movie titles that I knew of as the movie Slasher. Um, so that one, check that one out as well. But thank you for listening this far. Uh, hopefully we'll have Chris back sometime soon. So, Chris, sorry you missed out, but you were missed. But go enjoy your life. Go enjoy your family. You know, Have fun doing that. And, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Check us out on our YouTube. Check us out on our Instagram. Check us out on our Facebook. Rito, where can they find you? 
They could find me probably stuff in my face tomorrow. No, uh, <laughs> you can find me on most of my social <clears throat> medias at Rito's Modern Life. Um, you know, just hit me up, say what's up. I will be at Survivor Series. So if anyone who's listening to the show is in Boston, I will be there for a few days and you want to say what's up, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I'm thankful for everyone. I'm thankful for the opportunity being back on the show again. I'm officially a two-time guest or maybe a three-time. I don't know. But <laughs> it is recognized. I am here. There's yes. another show. I don't know if he's listening. I don't think he's going to listen this far. But I got another movie for another movie podcast. Colt 45, I'm coming for you, motherfucker. <laughs> you're trying to go. You're trying to like do like the left hand of Thanos since you already got the right hand. Oh, dude. The right hand's occupied. I need the lefty now. You need the lefty now? Take that how you want it. <laughs> And with that, thank you for listening. And until next time, uh, I know I'm pre- I'm prepping a possible Christmas bracket for movies. So we'll see how that goes. Who knows? Who knows? So thanks again for everybody listening. Uh, and until next time, I'm your host, Aaron. And again, Rito, thank you for joining me for this evening. And uh, happy Thanksgiving. Great to be here. God damn it. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, check out CrossTheStreamsMedia.com to hear more episodes of this podcast and the other shows on the Cross the Streams Network. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your favorite shows. Visit CrossTheStreamsMedia.com for more information. See you next time. has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.